Michelle Pelazon, your host and the head witch in charge here at Holisticism. And on today's episode, we have dear friend of the show, Sarita Fontanesi. Sarita is a healer, an activist. She's the executive director of Emerge Texas, and she is also a tarot reader and energy practitioner. She's like kind of a dream girl. <laughs> and Sarita has taught a bunch of classes with holisticism. And I just adore her. And I think she's so fun. And we have the best time together. And this podcast is certainly an example of that. We meant to record for an hour and we went far longer than we, than we expected. But I think that we really get to the juicy part of our conversation at the hour point. So if you really want to hear about the healing journey and spirituality, fast forward to then. But we're just really happy that Sarita came on to talk with me and the whole holisticism team about her experiences in the spiritual world and sort of how she bridges the gap between the social work that she does and the spiritual work that she does. And I love her perspective. I love how grounded she is. I love how honest and open she is about things like therapy and depression and anxiety. And we talk about ADHD and having adult diagnosed ADHD in this episode, amongst many other things. But I just love her. And I think that you'll really like this conversation too. If you enjoy fun things, laughing, spirituality, and if you've ever gone through a breakup, I feel like this will be really useful. Sarita also, we referenced that she is teaching a class and she's actually teaching a class for the North Node this month. We are covering the unconscious inside of the North Node. The North Node is our private members community for intuitive entrepreneurs. And part of what we're doing is making space for the unconscious and just acknowledging our unconscious. We're doing that from two sort of perspectives. One is by diving deeper into the tarot, which is an amazing opportunity for you to use your subconscious or unconscious mind to piece together ideas, stories, narratives, or intuit messages. And we're also talking about structure. So how can we create structure in our lives and in our businesses so that our conscious mind really like has more room to dive deep and not be constantly playing catch up and being distracted by staying busy and being disorganized. So sometimes what we do as humans as a coping mechanism is keep ourselves sort of like ice skating on the surface or like, you know, tap dancing on the surface of the, of the ice to prevent us from going deep. So if you spend a lot of time on like scrolling on Instagram or being busy on the internet, or perhaps you are very disorganized, maybe your house is really messy or your desktop is really messy. That can be because we don't actually want to see what's underneath it, right? We want to stay busy being distracted or we want to stay busy cleaning things up instead of just facing what's actually there as a formerly messy person. I guess my partner would say I'm, I'm a messy person now, but as someone who was supremely disorganized growing up, I resonate with this deeply. So this is not a call out. It's a call in. <laughs> but if you if you tend to be the type of person who like doesn't think about organizing your email inbox or organizing your receipts or having a plan or an editorial calendar, stuff like that, that sounds like totally unsexy, but is actually really important. You're only really doing a disservice to yourself and to your unconscious because our unconscious mind is the parts of us that are hidden below the surface of the water, right? hid below what we're consciously aware of in our day to day. And there's so much juicy, good, 
information there that we can pull up from and bring into our consciousness to make art, to make purpose, to make meaning in the world. And normally the really good stuff is in our unconscious, right? It's not close to the surface. And it takes some time to mine that unconscious or subconscious aspects of ourselves. It's not always like really easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. It involves things like shadow work and getting quiet and giving yourself the opportunity to go deep. And if you think about how few times we actually give ourselves the opportunity to go deep on ideas or concepts, it really makes you think, wow, what would my life be like? What could my work look like? What could my relationships look like if I gave myself a little bit more time to go into what's there? what's like right underneath the surface for me. And normally when we excavate our unconscious or subconscious, it can be a lot, can be a lot of information, but it's also really rich information. And this Jungian psychologist, Robert Johnson calls it the gold in our shadows. So what is that gold that you are overlooking? And we can, you know, overlook our gold by refusing to do subconscious work. And that's totally fine. But we can also (laughs) overlook the gold by not allowing ourselves to go deeply into anything, to work deeply. And one way that we prevent ourselves from working deeply is by staying disorganized. Because if we stay busy by trying to reorganize ourselves or we're always, you know, sort of like playing catch up, then we never have to go deep. Anyways, that's what we're talking about in the North Node this month. If that dysregulated you or resonated with you, then maybe something to think about. And if you decide to join the North Node when the doors open in June, definitely come back to this month's module. There's going to be a lot of, really a lot of useful information for you. Anyways, so Sarita's coming in to teach masterclass on the tarot, which is going to be so fun. And so my North Noders get excited about that. And I just love her. I think she's amazing and so hilarious. And clearly we're going to have to have more than one follow-up episode about this podcast, about this episode. I mean, in particular, we talked about so much stuff. So I'm going to let you go ahead and listen to that. And I can't wait to hear what you think. Sarita, welcome. We are so excited to have you on the 12th house today. Hi, thank you. I am incredibly excited to be here. (laughs) We are your fan club, as I've already mentioned before we hit record on this, but we've been waiting for this moment. So tell us everything. Okay, sure. (laughs) Leave nothing out. I was born on a Sunday afternoon evening at 7.49 p.m. (laughs) Well, Well, technically, we would love to hear what you're astrological chart looks like. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to go there with your birth time and place. (laughs) I know it is almost entirely Leo and Capricorn. Amazing. I have been this way my entire life, just bossy and (laughs) with a lot of enthusiasm. I think that's the only way that I get away with it. But yeah. Hi. Hello. For folks who might not know who I am, my name is Sarita Fontanesi. You can find me online at Sarita Fonta everywhere. In my day life, I am the executive director of an organization called Emerge Texas. We work to recruit, train, and provide a network for Democratic self-identified women running for office around the state of Texas. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very yeah. I absolutely like look, cis <laughs> men have had a long time to do things. 
And I, you know, I believe in giving everyone a chance. And I just think they've had a long enough chance. And maybe we let some other folks get in on the mix. I definitely, and we can get into this, bring astrology and tarot and all of my mysticism into my political work. You know, the personal is political. And Mm -hmm. I think if we had some more mysticism and just like holistic care in politics, it wouldn't be the, am I allowed to cuss? I should have asked this. You can fucking cuss. It wouldn't be the fucking shit show that it is now. (laughs) Like millions of Texans wouldn't have lost their power last week because of ineffective governing. Like we're the only state not on the national grid. And we were literally getting power from Mexico, which there's some irony in there. And this is not the first time that's happened. I actually did not understand how any of this worked. I was like, why the fuck? Why can't they just like (laughs) borrow power? It's so weird. It's because of capitalism. It's because they opened up the free market. And And they're private. Yes, that's yes. insane yeah. to me. That yeah. is insane. Well, let's play a game called Last Week. I so at the <laughs> beginning of the week, I have been listening to The Week Ahead from Channy Nichols, which I'm sure a lot of us have gotten the app and are like deep in it. And Channy was talking about how last week in particular, we were going to see some tower energy and failings of technology in particular. Like it was really because oh, Mercury so was getting ready to station that. direct. And so like that was going to be the week that technology was just kind of like going to fall to shit. And she was like, you know, like back up your computers, back up your phone, like the normal the normal things that we talk about and think about with technology. And then the storm started on kind of Monday. It really came in Tuesday. And we just watched this state fall apart. Mm. Like there's a false narrative of the wind turbines being why it didn't work. It actually, the wind turbines like outperformed what we expected them to do. Right wing propaganda situation. (laughs) I've said it before. I've said it. I'll say it again. I've been quoted saying this. Republicans are trash, but they are really good at marketing. And oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) they will latch onto a talking point and just run with it. But aren't Democrats the same? Like, don't they do the same thing? No, they're not as good. good Not as good. good We're really (laughs) Democrats. I think it's like a moral thing. Yes. Mm Democrats can get really watery in their messaging because they're focused on, we're supposed to be the inclusive party, the party of the people. And so trying to constantly make statements and and catches and whatever that are going to be the most palatable. So kind of like not lowest common denominator in terms of like people won't understand this, but in terms of what will just hit the masses, mass marketing. But like and Michelle, I'm sure you think about this all the time in your business and in your branding. The more specific and niche you are, the higher return. Like the more people are like, oh, I know that this is my person. And I know that this in a political sense is the party that I want to be with because I fully understand what they mean and what they stand for. And Democrats focus a lot on we're the opposite of the Republicans, which actually doesn't tell me what you stand for. Exactly. And I feel like that's perhaps why they aren't as good with their marketing because yes. they're because I feel like if they knew exactly who they were talking to, they would be right there with the Republicans. Fully, fully. If right. we could just look, steal from the best. Like if we could just commit to something, anything, pick a thing. Like, <laughs> like if we want to talk about this was actually a conversation that I had earlier this year of if we want to talk about Medicare for all, people are really scared of that phrase because there's a lot of 
inaccurate information and Republican talking points that come out around it. But if you just explain Medicare for all actually just means that every single person gets basic access to quality care. Is that not a thing that you want? Do you not want access to quality care? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's a different conversation and a lot harder to argue with I just want to make sure that everyone has access to quality care. Like that's really hard to argue with versus I want Medicare for all. Like, oh, well, that means you're going to take away how like, yeah. And like, we had this conversation around defund the police of people being like, I don't know, that's big. That's scary. That means that we're going to have these lawless chaotic lands. And I'm like, first of all, Show me a right. police that's what do doing it. What we have anything. right now? Yeah. Like, yeah. This yeah. is uh, actually the Thunderdome. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I would not describe this as functioning. No. Um, I think they've all gone rogue. Yeah. yeah quite honestly. <laughs> but also it's like defund the police. It means we take away funding from an entity that's not working and give it to social workers, to schools, to healthcare, to entities that could work better and create safer communities. And then all of a sudden when you're like, oh, I actually want to reallocate funds so that kids can have quality education and after-school programs so there's less access to like violence in their community. That's really hard to argue with, but like nobody says it. Like I shouldn't say nobody, but like powers that be don't speak in that way because I don't know. I can't even tell you why. <laughs> Wait, can I tell you? Can I tell you why I think why? Yes, uh, please. Because I f- honestly, I feel like Democrats and Republicans are all the same in well. regards to wanting power. I don't necessarily think they're here for equality or for us as like a United States to be united. It's more so about having power. And yeah, the idea of, and I feel like the Democratic Party is super divided with people who are like extreme in their thinking or not extreme, but like who want Medicare for all and who want to reallocate where the funds for the police go. And then you have other Democrats that are like, no, let's no. more like, you know, it's just like that. We're like lightweight Republicans. <laughs> high key. You know what I'm like, saying? Just the two party system. I feel like, you know, it's a long ways away, but coming from Canada where there are more systems, I feel like it really, or parties, you really do get to see the division among the like left side and the right side. And it's time. I feel yeah. like over here. Yeah. Yeah. And since COVID has started, Canada has just been looking so amazing to me. I was I just mean, like, can, I no, didn't realize how Canada, great Canada, Canada was. also has its issues, though. I, yeah, I think yes, exactly. We, we, exactly. we, we glorify it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fully, yeah, but it, and that's it, the thing of, like, the bar is on the floor. <laughs> and just, like, a government that at least will pretend like it cares oh, about great. you is radical to us. Yeah. Like, yeah, my the grandparents live, the, the bar is on the floor. <laughs> my grandparents live in the Netherlands, which is like, wait, how do they end up there? Please. I want to yeah, get a story. Sure. So my biological grandparents, my grandfather, my grandmother divorced early on. They got ma- classic. They got married way too young, had kids. And my grandfather is in the air force. So they were traveling all the time. And my grandma was like, hi, I have two small children. I'm tired of moving every like year, every two years, you know, military life is hard. So they got divorced. They are still like best friends to this day. And I actually think it's very cute. But yeah. Like they, like we call everyone for, uh, for Christmas, for all the holidays, for the birthdays, everything. And so my grandfather, 
father continued to travel with his work and his last big station was in the Netherlands and he met my step-grandma there who is Dutch, Toast. She like is, she's so fabulous and so 80s. She has bright red curly hair, like like wavy hair with blue eyeshadow, thick rouge. Like she is- Amazing. She sounds like a queen. Fully, fully. Toast is the queen of her castle and I love it. But so he lives there now with like his- second wife and like their kids and grandkids and whatever. He's been there since I was like 10. So for quite some time now, wow. which was really cool. When I studied abroad, I got to go like visit and like stayed with them for a couple of weeks, which also they're both very tall. Toast <laughs> is six feet tall. Wow. And my grandfather is like six, three. They're both just giants. I'm five, seven on a good day. <laughs> so yeah. when I stayed with them, they had to buy a stepladder for me so that I could reach stuff. Like I couldn't make like a fucking bowl of cereal in their house because everything was so tall. I was like, wow. this is literally a house of giants. Like I am giant. The Netherlands, man. That's the like, Netherlands. yeah. Like, they don't make them um, small. I I did not get those jeans. I think we're all under 5'4 here. Yeah. No, I think the tallest person on our team is 5'3, and I feel like that's you, Wallace. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's right. I am 5'1. So I'm four ten and three quarters. Okay. I love a three quarters. Yeah. Five one it. and three quarters. <laughs> you gotta claim it all. Yeah. Every single I want every inch I can get. My hair counts. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah, so they live in the Netherlands. And I mean, because he's ex-military, my grandfather is still sort of connected to American politics, but not nearly as much if he like lived here. But he Every week, he sends an email to the whole family called Dutch News. That's the oh. best. <laughs> I want to be on the newsletter. Says, I love, <laughs> Dutch I News, love and this he just guy. updates us on what's going on with the family. Oh. He's very happily retired. Oh. Um, but the only shout out that I ever get is Sarita, what are you going to do about Ted Cruz? <laughs> oh my god like the minute i'm originally from houston but i have not lived in texas in quite some time and we moved back we moved here to austin almost a year ago we got here march 1st i moved during michelle knows the story i moved during a mercury retrograde last year wow. and it was fucking wild and then COVID hit. i was here for two weeks and then everything shut down but so when my grandfather found out that we were moving back to texas he was like okay well you're moving to texas you're working in politics what are you going to do about Ted Cruz? I was like, I didn't realize that Ted Cruz was solely my responsibility. (laughs) Like I'm happy to like fight the cause and champion a great candidate, but I didn't know that it was purely my job. Like, you know, how grandparents are like, so what are you going to do about this? Like, (laughs) this is purely your job. I was like, oh, okay. I guess I have to find someone to run against Ted Cruz and win. Otherwise they know what you're capable of. Yeah. I I like to take it as as him saying you can do this, but like, I want to shine in the Dutch newsletter. So (laughs) like that everyone comes out. (laughs) You need your moment of glory. Well, okay. So I feel like we can help you with this because Ted Cruz is the Zodiac killer. Thank you. Great. Let's crack into it. I came here to talk about Ted Cruz as the Zodiac killer. (laughs) (laughs) This is what this episode is actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
FYI. Did your research after this episode? Um, oh, you are missing out if you have not heard the theories of Ted Cruz being a Zodiac. Killer. Oh, this is if you haven't heard this and you're listening to it, just like do a pause. Just do, do a Google. Do, do a quick Google. I promise it's going to be worth it. What's oh. hilarious is the only way Ted Cruz could be the Zodiac killer is if he started killing as a like. A child, like a it small makes sense, child. Though. That checks out for him. And the thing is, Ted Cruz might be one of the few people that I look at and I'm like, you could have been a murderous child. <laughs> oh, there's <laughs> a terrible show on, I think, Hulu, and it's called Kids Who Kill, or maybe it's yes. Netflix. I don't remember. That's horrifying. Yeah, that's <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> horrifying. I could only get through a cup, like, as someone who loves, like, murder thriller like you know all of that I could only get through a few episodes because something about kids just really like does a number on me but Ted Cruz could be on an episode of kids who kill I would believe it I wouldn't be shocked by it so that says something to your character Ted (laughs) and you know what no one has ever seen Ted Cruz and the Zodiac killer in the same room at the same time so (laughs) Okay, and wait, that's something we need to remember. What is the Zodiac killer? I was like, has anybody ever seen the Zodiac killer? I need to do research. I'm so lost. No one has ever killer. seen the Zodiac killer. That's okay. part of the There mystique. is also that. Yep. And which only proves that it could be Ted Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> it's not not Ted Cruz necessarily. We can't rule him true. out. Exactly. Like when I go and I think about it, like I can rule every single one of us out. I cannot rule out Ted Cruz. Wait, so. what's the Zodiac killer? Oh. oh my God. Wow. This is very exciting. Okay. I'm going to say, this is not a segue I thought we were going to take today, but I am I here am for it. Here. So there's actually been like a couple breaks in the Zodiac Killer recently. recently. Yes. On TikTok. Yeah. On TikTok. What? I love TikTok. We're going to, okay. TikTok let me, let me solve all the true crime. <laughs> Honestly, internet sleuths, more power to you. Season of justice. Yeah. That's what we're in right now. Yeah. It's the season of justice. I thought we were in the age of Aquarius. Also that. Well, so true. That's both. part it's of it. Both and situation. community. Yeah. You, know? you can have it all. <laughs> <laughs> For the low, low price of Ted Cruz's The Zodiac Killer. <laughs> um, so The Zodiac Killer is in, uh, this is a very, 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 very simplified like take. So for anyone listening who is like, like a murderino or like into true crime, whatever, please do not at me about this. Yeah, don't <laughs> I am well aware this that is this the is Cliff very... Notes version. Yes. So an infamous murderer who left the police and newspaper journalist, I was like, what are they called? These very cryptic codes and messages about their murders. And basically was like, here's how you catch me. But they made no fucking sense. And so for a very long time, people were like, this killer must have some type of like mental illness that we're never going to figure out their code because it's not like coming from a typical brain. It's not like an actual cipher, cipher yes, message. Yes, it's that's just like what I was nonsense. looking for. Yeah. It's just nonsense and this murderer fucking with us, which if you watch Criminal Minds, you would know that like this person has to be highly intelligent in order for them to be doing this. <laughs> the unsub is the um, unsub. Yeah. But so we have cracked one cipher and it was gibberish and people were like, cool, this is proof that we're never going to figure this out. Recently via TikTok, a woman realized that the thing that had been cracked was a code to a code. There were layers. And so 
she used that cipher to figure out the next cipher. And then the messages started making more sense because they had double coded it. Long story short, we have never known who the Zodiac killer is. And they just mysteriously stopped murdering at one point. And so, which is why people, the theory, the the non-Ted Cruz theory is that the person either was arrested for something else and is in jail and like serving some type of long sentence or they were older and died. A la the Golden State Killer or they like were somehow more involved because look, all cops are bad. And (laughs) they were able to kind of hide or the third option is they were able to hide in plain sight and somehow managed to just stop killing, which is pretty rare with serial killers. But now that the the code to the code is getting cracked, the police are getting some real momentum and trying to figure out who this longtime horrendous person was. And they still have not ruled out Ted Cruz to bring it back. Exactly. (laughs) Way to land that plane. Yes. and how did Ted Cruz get involved? Sure, for sure, sure. That's fair. It got, it really just started on the internet because he's an evil person. And <laughs> I think there was like a sketch of the Zodiac at some point. Yeah. And Ted Cruz looked kind of like the sketch that like we've had since he's like the like 80s. vaguely menacing Ted Cruz, yes. you know, yes. like, and it was during the presidential election. It's like, around the time where we were making fun of Rick Santorum as well for being mm-hmm. for his last name and his na- last name went in the urban dictionary is what it is, which is also hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, we were just like making memes about Republicans. That's just, but remember, the Ted Cruz one has really stuck. Remember yeah, when that's whole, so wholesome. So, <laughs> so young, so naive. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's, I mean, what a trip, man. I mean, who knows what happened to the Zodiac? Like, BTK stopped just randomly because he wanted right. to and then started again. Who yeah. Knows? So like there's, who knows, hopefully one day we will find out and be able to put some of these things to bed, to rest. If you watched the Golden State documentary from Michelle McNamara on HBO, if you're into true crime, highly recommend. It is incredibly well done. Michelle was brilliant and her loss is obviously a huge loss for people personally and in the true crime community. But yeah, he was a, he was a cop who was getting away with it. And then one day just decided, all right, I guess I'll have a normal life and retire from the force and whatever. If you don't know, he was eventually caught via DNA from ancestry.com. Yeah. 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 So, you know, take that for whatever you want. Everyone to go get your DNA tested now because <laughs> you don't know who in your family is the serial killer. You just Never. don't. My husband makes fun of me. So I did Ancestry.com because Black people don't know where they're from. <laughs> and I was like, maybe this will tell me something. And I like did the DNA swab or whatever. And it was like, oh, like Nigerian and coastal African countries, like cool. But I told my husband, I was like, I'm a little like kind of bummed. And he was like, oh, were you hoping it was going to be more specific, like normal questions? And I was like, no, I was kind of hoping there was like a secret sibling or something out there. <laughs> like, uh, like, like I have siblings who I love. Like I want to be clear. It's not like I'm an only child who was like, oh, like I hope I have a sibling. Uh, no, I was just hoping there was scandal and drama. Sibling. In my Got family. It. Yeah. But you were hoping for like a cooler sibling. Yeah. Like maybe there's maybe. a cool version of us. I don't know. Yeah. You know, my partner E, someone in his family did 23 and me. 
and found out that they, their dad was not their actual dad. See? <gasps> That's a real thing. It's oh, wild. No. Wow. Yeah. And it was like, it was like a thing and they had siblings Handle. and their siblings were also not related to the dad. Oh, and no. like, yeah. See, was, that happened to somebody I knew too. That's crazy. A friend of my father's did it and found out that her father's not her real father. Oh, no. See, See ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Oh, if I think you're my dad, I'm going to, I want to keep you as my dad. Like. <laughs> but also there's an adventure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She has other siblings. She's discovering now that she has a, a whole new family from this other father. Wow. And yeah. And her fifties now that she's a woman, in her fifties now getting to ho- know an entire new family lived her whole life thinking her father was her real father. So that's crazy. That's while crazy. I was waiting for my results, because it takes like a month, couple months. I was watching all of these YouTube videos because there's videos for everything of people getting their results and their reactions. Specifically, I was watching black folks who were getting it and like mm. learning something about their heritage or their history or you know, like we have so much like oral storytelling within our culture. And it's like, oh, like these stories are finally getting some more, like becoming more solidified. And it was beautiful and it was moving. And then of course I would also end up in videos of folks who were discovering secret families, (laughs) which I think is what set up my expectations. (laughs) Could I have a secret family out there? (laughs) Just give me one. Am I actually like Nigerian royalty? Right. Oh, fully, fully. I was like, I was like, okay, like we just need to be prepared for whatever possibility comes up. Which normal people, here's more proof that I have six planets in Leo. Like, <laughs> I can't stress this enough. I was like, I don't know, maybe like I'm the descendant of like kings and queens, or maybe like we were like, there's gonna be some wild ass story that gets discovered out of this. Very generic. We came from Nigeria. We were forced over here, moved through the south, and then the rest I know. I was like, fine. <laughs> like low key so, annoying. You, Wait, you are have... you are a descendant from kings and queens, though. They just Thank haven't you. figured Thank that part you. out. That's just yes. doesn't know it all. Thank yeah. you. Like the spirit probably is like it's best that you don't find out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the ego has to stay a little bit. We got to stay in a little bit of a realm of reality. Absolutely. Like we got to keep you somewhat grounded, right? <laughs> you you find out that you're the descendant of any kind of like <laughs> Oh, it's a wrap. It's done for the rest yeah, of it. It's a wrap. We're calling you queen for the rest of your life. Yes. Yeah, right? Sarita, Sarita, you should definitely walk in your royalty because like Yeah. Fuck all that. Like, go ahead and just be like, if you want to be royal, you know what I'm saying? Go ahead and be royal. Hello, everyone. I have arrived. Uh, 100%. (laughs) Yes. Your pronouns are now she, her queen. Yes. 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 King. Archon. Yeah. Just know that I am royalty. I don't ask me for proof. It doesn't matter. Does this, (laughs) does this ego not tell you? Oh my God, I have, I, that's where I stand. I'm like, I don't even know if I'm a descendant of a king or a queen, but guess what? Y'all gonna see that I'm a king. So there it is. So there it is. There it is. I demand the treatment as if you know. So were you surprised by your ancestry results at all? Or was that kind of what you were expecting? I wasn't like, there was nothing like wild in there of like, oh, we are like part Filipino, like nothing that like I wouldn't have expected to see. It was in all serious 
seriousness. It was really great though to ancestry.com in particular. This is not a commercial. I want to be clear. This is just what I experienced. We're not getting sponsored yet yeah. by Joint Train Me or ancestry.com. <laughs> Whoever pulls up first, look, right. fight for my love. <laughs> So it, what it does is based on the like genetic information, like DNA information and like your percentages or whatever, it's like, this is likely the journey that you're based on all of this data that they've culled and stories being told. And like, based on this information, it is likely this is the journey that your ancestors would have taken to get to where you are now. So like, that was really interesting because it was like, they talk about like the slave trade and like, I think... I can't remember the percentages, but the biggest one was Nigerian. And then the next two were other like coastal African countries. So like that tracks, it's like, I, I didn't necessarily need confirmation for that, but like, you know, nice to know. So there you talk about the slave trade and how folks who were taken from these communities typically landed in these areas of the South and on plantations and based on like migrational shifts, like after the abolishment of the technical abolishment of slavery and all of these things, this is how folks typically migrated. Mm -hmm. And it had me going from the Carolinas to Louisiana, which my dad's side of the family is from Louisiana. And then sort of kind of dispersing from there. And my mom's side is pretty Midwestern, like Kansas. It's like not far either. And so like, that was really interesting to see like, oh, like, I know like my grandma's from Shreveport, but like, you know, you don't know how people end up anywhere. And Mm -hmm. so like, oh, like this is, this was sort of part of the, the black movement, the black migration of these times. Yeah, I'm like, are we related? Because I mean, probably the migration of my family. Wow. <laughs> Quite honestly, probably. Wait, I have something to say. I have something to say about yes. ancestry.com because, like, remember when they had that commercial about the slave, the slave and the white person like running away yes. to have their love? And I was like, yes. no, she was a slave, sir. Like, Let's she was not. Wait, what? I don't know anything yeah. about that. I had already I given them my DNA when that commercial came out. I want to be clear. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have made different choices. <laughs> So to me, I was just like, how can a company that clearly does not have representation in their room when it comes to the commercials that they're coming, how could they really be paying attention to what my story is as a black person? And that's why, like all the other ancestry DNAs, I'm pretty sure, yes, we did all come. A lot of us came from the slave trade in Africa, but like, I'm like, there is no real, like, it's so vague. It's so vague all the time. I used it as like, okay, so this is some interesting information and then took it to my family and was like, what part of this feels true to you? Mm-hmm. Like what gaps can you fill in for me? So like, like I said, like my grandma's from Shreveport. So like, okay, all right. I will give you the part where we migrated to Louisiana. Check. Like, fine. I'll give it. To, but yeah, I kind of used it as this like template. Mm-hmm. I think if I, like there are folks who like do genealogy on there and like have very serious, like, thorough research, like family trees and stuff. I think if I got more into that, I could probably firm up. And it's it's the people who do that that are providing the quote unquote data that ancestry.com is then like, so this was likely your migration 
and pattern or track, like whatever, because this is what we typically see from folks of similar DNA background. It was all a very interesting story. It was like a Christmas present I gave myself. Like this will be like a fun treat. Like Mm -hmm. maybe we'll learn. Like I got one from my grandma also. And when she did hers, she came back 1% Polynesian and would not shut up about it. (laughs) 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 Like... (laughs) Like my grandma, like she knows who she is. She lives in the house that her father built in the town that he helped found. Like, like we know, like my mom's side, we know a lot about like their lineage and like where people came from. So it's not like my grandma was like yearning for connection, but I was like, this will be a fun thing for her. Like she is very into genealogy and like, as I think it's like an only child thing of like preserving like our family like yeah. narrative. And so I got it for her for Christmas. And when she got the results, she called me and she was like, I got my results. And I was like, great, like read them to me. Skipped over everything straight to, sweet, did you know that I'm 1%? And I was like, no. <laughs> Why would I know that? <laughs> How That's would amazing. I know that? Did she like immediately sign on to take Hula lessons or something? Oh, was she, well, like, she was ready leaning to be in. like, we're taking, I mean, uh, she was like, we're going to take a trip. Like she yeah. was like ready to yeah. do a whole <laughs> thing. And I was like, ma'am, I just, <laughs> I'm not saying no, let's go. Let's get some Polynesian food, whatever yeah. you want. But you I gotta also- learn about your culture. Yeah, that's basically what she said. She's she's a history teacher. So she's very, so she was like, she was like, we've got to learn. And I was like, okay, (laughs) we have to. (laughs) I mean, you could could pick worse places to have to learn about. Oh, fully. I was like, I mean, if you just want to go on a vacation, just say you want to go on a vacation. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, just like claim it. Yeah. Like, I know that like, it is my, like one of my like life travel goals to go to Nigeria and to do to spend time there, but also like to do like the, to like go to where the slave trades were and like do the whole cultural piece of it and like be really heartbroken and devastated. Cause I already know like a lot of feelings, but then also just like spend time in Nigeria. Cause it's a cool country. And like, yeah. I know it's somewhere I don't need, I didn't need a DNA test to tell me that that was somewhere that I wanted to visit. Now I just kind of get to be a little bit of an asshole and be like, well, I'm from here. So (laughs) that's an interesting thing, because like I remembered when I went to Ghana and Janelle, maybe you can talk to this to your experience. You had an experience. But I remember when I was in Ghana and just being there and feeling such like such an outsider. But it was like weird because in my mind, it's just like, no, you're supposed to feel like you're from here because you're from here. And then people are like, yeah, my sister, you're from here. I'm like, no, I'm not from, I don't really, this is not really my culture. Yeah, I don't really fuck with y'all like that. Not really, yeah, you know? Also, interesting. I didn't have that experience with the my sister part. I felt very much like an outsider and I was told I was an outsider. Oh. Well, you, I think maybe because you were with a school, like with NYU. So maybe that was even when I wasn't I, with what I, because I, I separated myself from the group. I, I spent a lot of time throughout the community. I actually tried to acclimate myself into the community for that and reason. And they wouldn't accept I felt you? Like, there came a time where, yeah, I absolutely was accepted, but I, I had a lot of experiences on my own where I was told I was called a Brubini or I was told that like, I just was American. I'm black American, you know, like I'm not, I'm not African. And so that, yeah, it's very interesting. But yeah, eventually, I mean, I made friends there. I, I gained a, a community. And so that became yeah. a thing. It was a very much like, I would, I didn't expect to feel that sense of disconnect when I got there. Yeah, yeah. That's so and I was on the other side where they're like Aquaba and all of the things. And I'm just like, chill out. 
I just want Eggo. <laughs> I literally was like, they were giving me like yams and stuff for breakfast. And I was like, I want waffles, please. <laughs> I did not ask for this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. Did you feel, Sarita, when you got those results back, like, did that, did you have a deeper connection to spirituality? Like, did that change your spiritual perspective? I think yes and no. So like the Louisiana part in particular was probably the biggest like aha out of all of it of like, oh, there might be some, some truth, some weight to this. And my dad's side, I am less familiar with than my mom's side. And so anytime I learn more about that side of my family, it's always a big, exciting kind of moment. And like, I know like my grandma, my dad's mom, she passed when I was a freshman in college and she has been a huge guide for me and Mm. a big, a big, like she is, I always call her the ringleader of my spirits. Mm. And so, and the more I learn about her and her spiritual practice that I just wasn't aware of because I was a kid and like, I don't know, kids are narcissists. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. They also couldn't kill you. Apparently. (laughs) Kids who kill. Let's bring it back. But yeah, just like stuff that I wasn't aware of and knowing that she had a very deep spiritual and magic practice that she learned from her ancestors and like knowing that that is part of the culture of Louisiana for Black folks who are there of this preservation of our mysticism that we brought over to survive. (laughs) Our magic was what helped us survive. And so I think that was probably the biggest like spiritual piece that came from it. Like, again, there wasn't this moment where I was like, oh, and now that I know that I'm Nigerian, I'm going to go learn all about like Yoruba and Mm -hmm. like learn all about like African like practices. This is similar to what you were talking about with going to Ghana, Thai, with like going to Ghana and immediately people wanting to be like, but you're one of us, right? And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I lived a different life. And I'm trying to just like settle in and particularly with like traditional African practices, like I find myself wanting to be really drawn to them and like getting really deep into them and, and going through initiations. And like, I mean, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's years of work and and all of that. And then Every single time, I don't know what this, I think it's a personal block. I don't know. Every single time I'm like, okay, today is going to be the day that I start reading this thing or I take this class or I do this thing. I just get so overwhelmed and I'm just like, oh, right. I didn't, I didn't grow up learning this. This isn't innate to me. I'm going to take a step back actually <laughs> and like figure something else out. And so like, I, I think of my own spiritual journey and practice is very like hodgepodge of different origins, different modalities. And again, the more that I learned, like I know that the women on my mom's side tend to at the least be sensitive at the most are clairvoyant. And so like, that's like really cool to like know about. And like, as I think about how my own gifts have like shown up for me. And again, I don't know a ton about my dad's side other than my grandma. And all I know is that she was a secret witch. From from the bayou. She was a secret witch from the bayou. That's about all I got. Which That's knows? great. I would say that is fertile ground to work with. Oh yeah. I'm not yeah. mad about it. Like there is some <laughs> richness in there, but right. It's like, it's not like I have like this uh, where it's like, oh, she practiced 
this specific type of thing. And like, I come from a line of these types of practitioners or even just like I had a relative that was this type of practice. And that's what I gravitated to. Like, I very much have this sort of just like collage of, (laughs) of different Mm -hmm. practices that just finding what works for me. Like I, I was in Al-Anon for a bit and they always say you take what works and leave the rest. Mm -hmm. And so like, taking what works for me of different practices of open practices. Anyways, I'm very respectful of closed practices, taking what works and kind of leaving the rest. And I feel like that is kind of indicative of the black American experience of not knowing. This is obviously a sweeping statement and we are not a monolith and people have different experiences, all the caveats, but a lot of us not knowing like, where we came from in terms of ancestry and lineage and not being able to trace that back in some way. We hodgepodge together the different cultures that are around us and create the Black experience. Mm -hmm. Like the Black experience is not a monolith because we are all having these different, picking up all of these different things and figuring out what works for us, what doesn't work, what we connect to, what we don't connect to. And that shifts with the individual, with the community, with the region and like so on and so forth. And so all of this to say, to answer your question (laughs) of, yeah, I think there was a little bit of a like, oh, okay, we have a confirmation for what was a fuzzy piece, like the the family coming from Louisiana. So, okay, so we've got, like, I have a story and I have some pseudoscience. And if you put them together, it's enough confirmation to feel firm in that information. Because my, my dad has also passed. So like, I don't have an immediate connection to that side of my family anymore. Like I still talk to like aunts and uncles and cousins and stuff, but like, it's not like I can just call like with my mom, I can just call my mom and be like, Hey, and my grandma's like a low key hoarder and be like, can you dig up this thing? And she's like, yeah, she, so she lives in the house that my grandpa, my great grandfather built. And within the last five years had to get the front door replaced because it was so warped. It wasn't like, closing anymore because it was the original piece of wood that was put well, in this door is a hundred years old basically <laughs> but so when she got it replaced she kept it it's in one of the back rooms that like we don't use anymore and I'm like what are you gonna do with this for what are you doing and I mean to her point it's pretty cool it is yeah. very cool. symbolic. Yeah, I would have kept the door too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, you should get it made into like a table or like get it like, mm-hmm. like use the wood to like make something. Yeah. And it just hasn't happened, I guess. And so she blames me for having an old door for like two years. She's like, well, Srita, you're the one who told me to keep it. I was like, I did not tell you to keep it. I told you to turn it into something else. <laughs> to repurpose. Repurpose it. Yeah, I said to repurpose it. You heard, keep it. (laughs) (laughs) I have a question, Sarita. You um, said earlier that you felt overwhelmed. What did you feel overwhelmed by specifically? Yeah. As it pertains to like the spirituality aspect. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think what's hard is, especially because like traditional, like African practices, they're closed practices. So there's a very, it's almost easy isn't the right word, but it's almost, there's a clear path 
of like how you navigate through the magic and how you learn and how you like get information because it is this closed practice that has very specific rules, parameters, whatever you want to call it. Wait, when you say closed, what do you mean? Oh yeah. So when I say closed, I mean, you have to be initiated and like anyone can learn about them, but to be able to call yourself a practitioner, you have to be initiated in. And in order to get initiated, that is a lengthy, studious process of literal, like learning and like, not really like test taking, but like mentorship. You are, you are mentored by someone and they are helping you grow and learn and, but you can only learn certain things with this mentor. Like yeah. it's, so it's not like closed, tarot where anyone can just pick it up. Yeah. So many closed practices, like they're closed because there's no books about them. There's no like yes. course you can go take. It's like you have, it's passed down orally or through like experiential, obviously experiences. So they're really cool. And you have to be sort of like accepted into them allowed or like given permission to study them. Yeah. Is that also to protect it and keep it from people, you know, fully, right? This is it's white people. Yeah. <laughs> it's maybe the more wholesome version of gatekeeping, for lack of better word. <laughs> you know, gatekeeping's got like a pretty negative connotation on yeah. it. It's like but, keeping you know, something sacred, I think. Yes, I, that's right. the way I think about that's a good it. Word. Yeah. yeah. Of like just yeah. like religion, like you don't just like say, uh, well, in Christianity, I guess you're just like, I'm Christian now, but like in Judaism, you have to yeah. go study and you have to go ask like three times and get turned down three times. Like by- Catholicism, you have to like, like there's, there's process and ritual yeah. and this, this goes to a greater. Too. Yeah. Right. And this takes that to a greater extent because there's, there's a whole lot in there that none of us know unless you're a practitioner. And so while that feels like, okay, like I don't necessarily have to muddy my way through this. Like you do with open practices of figuring it out. That was very intimidating and overwhelming to me because there is so much history that is present at all times because it is through oral telling, because it is through experiences. Like that's a lot to hold. (laughs) And like that quite honestly terrified me. And I was like, I just don't think I I'm ready. I don't know if I will be ready and I need to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I think, I know this is something I've been personally experiencing of there's this whole conversation about like returning to like our, our native magic and, and part of that being out of not wanting to appropriate and take on something that's not for us. And part of that also coming from wanting to, to connect with our, whether it's our ancestry, our community or whatever to connect. And I think that's beautiful and lovely, but it's also really hard when you don't know what that is. Like, (laughs) like even like even if we just like remove the like race piece out of this just like what if you're the first witch in your family who's like been like out and practicing like how I don't know what's mine like (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I think that's part of also what was really overwhelming by it where I was just like I don't think that I am ready to hold all of this and I don't even know if I want to hold all of this and having to do my own work to become okay with that like is this some kind of I definitely had a lot of feelings of like, is this some kind of betrayal? Is this some kind of me stepping away from my true, quote unquote, true magic? And a lot of my work, just in general, personal work is having to recognize and be okay with like 
sometimes we make our own paths and that's all right. Like my archetype is very much the outlaw. And so like my life's mission is to forge paths where there aren't paths. And it's a lot. Sometimes I'm like, (laughs) hell yeah, like let's do this. Like we're going to change things. We're going to make something new. And other times I'm like, can someone just give me a how-to guide? Because I'm tired. You're like, I don't want to cut down another road. I don't want to find another pathway by myself. Don't make (laughs) me do it. This is hard. Yeah, clearly your grandfather knows. And that's why you're going to take down I'm going to take down Texas. Bring it back. Exactly. (laughs) He's like, you'll find it. (laughs) Do you know your human design? I don't know my human design, actually. It's like the or next thing. Or if you subscribe to it. Yeah, because I know some people are like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I Via Michelle it. have been learning more about it. And I think mm-hmm. it's so fascinating. Here's my thing. Anything that helps you better understand yourself and the way you work in the world is of benefit. You can put as much value and weight into it as you choose. Again, take what you like, leave yeah. the rest. Mm-hmm. But like, if it will just make you a better person, then like fucking do it. Like, who am I to tell you that yeah. it's not real and it doesn't work? Like, no, that like, look, I don't have also, I don't have the energy to tell people how to live their lives. I can barely tell myself how to live my yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. Like if it, Amen. if it just makes you function better and if mm-hmm. it allows you to have a sense of understanding of a world that we don't understand, like this is one of the things that I love about astrology is it's grounded in the planets. Like you can't deny planets. They are there. They are real. They move. Other than Pluto, which we keep Uh, gaslighting. Poor little Pluto. I actually think about Pluto. I feel so bad. I think about Pluto so much. Okay, thank you. I think more than like lots. One hundred percent. Always. I'm like Pluto. Pluto. Are you okay? Are you? Is this what you fuck with? We do love you. We love you. Pluto, you matter. You do matter. (laughs) Pluto matters. I'm just like, wow, could you imagine like being ruled by a maybe planet? Like what? (laughs) Like I, Leo, I'm lucky. I've got the sun. No one's denying that. (laughs) But like poor little Pluto. Could you imagine being given the status of planet and then having that taken away? (laughs) Like you already had the farthest, the coldest, the saddest planet. And now it's not Mm -hmm. a planet. Well, see, no, that's what they tell us. They tell us it's not a planet and that's why I still fuck with Pluto because I'm like you know what you can decide if you want to be a planet or not because you make your own decisions and that's why I fuck with Pluto because it's like you know what I don't really know what terms we're on like where you stand right now but I know you're real and I'm fucking with you yes yes Pluto's a real one Pluto is going to keep showing up and doing what they do (laughs) and I have no choice but to stand I respect (laughs) it I love it and back to this whole thing about astrology is it's like, it's there, no matter, no matter how you classify it, it's there mm-hmm. and it moves and it shifts and it has, and it's navigating the solar system, whatever you want to call it is your choice, your prerogative. And so you can put as much weight into astrology as you want. I am someone who puts a lot of weight into astrology and have lately been keeping time, keeping time and making choices based on what's going on with the stars, which has been really fun to get into. But at the end of the day, I'm like, cool, this thing is grounded in planets and stars and meteors and comets and things like real tangible can feel them things. And that feels really great to ground my day to day in because as an Aquarius rising is very easy to just 
just go somewhere else. Wait, excuse me. Leo yeah. with a curious rising I, I, and I was just going to say, are you crazy? Yes. I am. I'll just, I'll just fill in the gaps. I'm a Leo sun and moon and an Aquarius Jesus. rising. Oh. My Venus is in Leo. My Mars is in Taurus. My me Mercury. That, it's a fun. <laughs> it's fun. Don't cross <laughs> It's a big, um, physical aggression is yes, what we're about. Yes. I won't say I've never thrown and broken a glass before. Oh, <laughs> I won't no. say I've never thrown and broken a phone when a guy didn't text me back. So there yeah, we go. I, yeah. And it was definitely <laughs> over a partner. I had no, it was fine. <laughs> a Venus and Leo. I have a lot of big feelings about love and I love love. And I also don't want to be crossed. <laughs> yeah. Do not. I loved when me. you said that. You're like, don't cross me in bra- brackets. Yeah. Yeah. FYI, yeah. let it lure you <laughs> into a false sense of security. Yeah. My Mercury's in Virgo, which I personally Ooh. love because it makes me a very effective communicator, which is important when you have a air rising. <laughs> I need that mercury to work for me and to like cut to the point and just get the words out of my mouth. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But like all my other planets are in, yeah, Leo and Capricorn. Wow. So you've got like Capricorn, Saturn, Capricorn, Jupiter. Yes. I I just finished my Saturn's return. Thank God. We're the same. You and I are the same. We must be around the same age. Yes. And for those of you going through it. Good luck and Godspeed, y'all. But like. (laughs) That Capricorn, uh, Saturn, Jupiter is mm-hmm. not, does not fuck around. No, no. It is all about just like working your ass off. Yeah. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse. I think lots of therapy has softened it a little bit and realizing that I don't have to work all the time to prove my value. I mean, that's also capitalism, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit uh, of a one-two punch there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was not set up for success in that department. <laughs> but yeah, like I, to bring all of this back, it's like, I love using astrology in particular. Like that's been the modality that I have been deeply in on kind of a day-to-day lately of using it to, to shape my day, shape my week, shape my month and really help inform decisions. Mm-hmm. And I find it helpful in not only just like, okay, this is like useful information to have, but like being able to ground in something concrete. Like Mm -hmm. I love tarot and I go to it. I go to the cards regularly for, for information, for insight, but they're not exactly direct. (laughs) Like, like the, the cards are never like, yes, this thing will happen. I mean, I've said this before. The tarot doesn't tell the future. It just gives us options and potential outcomes Mm -hmm. based on the decisions we're making, good, bad, and different. But sometimes I just want someone to, again, I'm tired of making new roads. I just want a how-to guide and someone to (laughs) tell me what to do and when it's going to happen. I also am very impatient. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) And I just want to be told when I'm going to get what I want. (laughs) There's that Mars and Taurus flaring up. Yeah. I wonder if you're an MG in human design. I'm just curious. We need to do like a we're gonna we'll send you, here. yeah, send us your yes. birth, your birth info because I have a genetic matrix account, which yes. is a paid account. So I can yes. pull up your, all your info. Yes. Yeah, but it's very useful, especially I mean, yeah, MGs. MGs are great. We love an MG. Wallace is an MG. Janelle's a generator. 
Yeah. I'm they're, they're kind yeah. of similar. They've got shade. They're like, you know, on the same wavelength, but I loved what you said about just like the best practices, not making you an asshole, like anything that helps you not be an yeah. asshole. I feel like that should really be our barometer in the wellness and well-being space. It's like, does this make you an asshole, like more of a jerk? Then you probably shouldn't do it. No, but it's like, a cult. Get out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But like, yeah. why are you doing it? Like, yeah, I feel like people who read tarot sometimes are just like, actually just jerks you know and they're like it's like you just wanted a platform to drag people yeah. and aren't actually trying <laughs> yeah. to yeah yourself. exactly oh, just no. like yeah. come out and say it that you don't like them like whatever yeah. it's like and that's okay I bet they can handle it more than whatever it is that you're giving them right now <laughs> right. and I promise it'll take way less energy to just like get it out mm-hmm. but I mean even like I, I mentioned this in the beginning like in politics there are a lot of assholes, surprising, but I've noticed the more that I, when I, so a quick background, I, before coming into this executive director role, I worked for the Texas Democratic Party as the Black constituency organizer, doing organizing within the Black community across the state. And before that, I was in Los Angeles working predominantly in advocacy for folks experiencing homelessness. So a lot of like local level politics on big issues. And for a long time was like, I can't let people know that I'm a witch. Like, I can't let people know. I mean, there's the general fear of like acceptance and like, will people like think I'm a weirdo? Like whatever, whatever. But even so I was like, I won't be taken seriously in this space if I'm not talking about like hard data, concrete facts, like Mm -hmm. things that people can see, feel, experience, like whatever. Like there's no way that I will be taken seriously. And as a black woman, my one goal in life is to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And so I hid it for a long time and it was very much like my like secret private practice. And probably in this last year have been much more vocal and open about it. Like when I was with the party, I was on the constituency team and for one of our like team bondings, I had us all pull up our charts and talk about our mercury sign because like we have to communicate and talk to each other. And I was like, wow. again, you can believe as much of this as you want. You can say that this is all fucking bullshit. I don't care. Yeah. I definitely have gotten to a place with my practice where I'm like, I don't, I'm not here to convince you. Like, yeah. And I think that's only because I've gotten to that place as a person of, I'm not here to convince you that I am worthy and that I have value. Like I, I can't waste my time mm-hmm. on that. Like <laughs> I have so many other thoughts and things to do. So like, yeah, yeah I just got to keep it pushing. But yeah. I was like, yeah, like you can take this, take this for a grain of salt, believe as much as you want. But at the very least, it's a fun way for us to get to know each other better. And even if you're like, I think this is fucking bullshit. I now have learned a thing about you. So you're like Capricorn Aquarius. Well, <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> You're only proving my point. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like, but just becoming more open and vocal about like, no, these are like, quote unquote, mystical tools that I use in my everyday and my day to day. Like when I have to do call time and talk to people about money, I burn a like money magic candle and put on my money oil because like I need those dollars to roll in. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> again, it's like, if it makes you a better person, lean into it. If it helps you to, even if it's purely 
like just like a placebo effect and it's not doing anything, I, whatever. It's still making me better at my job. It's so like, like having a walk-up song. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you yes. have a great walk-up song? Like if it, <laughs> it makes you feel good. Those like weird. All right. Let's you know? talk about this for a minute. Those weirdos have walk-up songs, have rituals of. Those songs. are, they are witches. Professional yeah. athletes are witches. And I'm like, just admit oh, yeah. it. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you won. Yeah. So now you have to wear the same pair of socks every right. single time you play. Like that's yeah. disgusting. And witchcraft. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why we're pretending like it's not. Wow, I've never thought about it like that before. Actually, that's a really great point. <laughs> I promise you. It's ritual. true. Yeah. And when their superstition verges over in the into the dark side, and when it makes them an asshole, is when it's not useful anymore. When they start rigging things, when they start lying, like Tom Brady. It, I mean, Damn. he sold his soul. I don't know. Oh my God. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> he did sell his soul 100%. I mean, I mean he was a age. part of Deflategate. So yeah. I know very little about sports. I, I, was gonna say, oh, I, I feel like we're, right. we're, we're veering into the territory that I am uncomfortable in, yeah. which is sports. Ooh, I want to be clear. I'm not going to have much more to <laughs> yeah. offer. Yeah. This is about <laughs> it. Yeah. I'm just going to listen. <laughs> right. Can I phone a friend? <laughs> Um, okay, I have a plug for. Have you guys ever listened to La Culturistas with Boeing Yang and Oh, my oh gosh, from SNL? The yeah, their podcast is so good. And two weeks ago, they had a segment called I Don't Think So, Honey. And it was all about Tom Brady. And I was like, yes. <laughs> This is, so we can link to that just dragging Tom Brady of yes. why I don't think so, honey. Tom Brady Something does not need to be up. talked about anymore. Yeah, yeah there was a, there was just one weird moment with his son. That's the only thing that I know about Tom oh, Brady. That stresses ever give me it out. Yeah, <laughs> we're just like I don't know about anything. And I don't the, love it. The Trump of it all with him. Oh yeah. yeah. Can we stop forgetting that Wait. he's a Trump supporter? What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. he is a Trump yes. supporter. Yeah, he wiped that from the yeah. internet real Michelle fast. space. Yeah. I mean, okay. Now, you know, I do think like at least once a week about how Tom Brady doesn't eat nightshades. I think about it a lot. Like I think about it a lot. I didn't. Okay. I will say I did make a big deal about it. That yeah. Yeah. I didn't eat nightshades for like a month, but it's because I was having, they're really acidic and I was having terrible like heartburn and indigestion and needed to like reset my body. Yeah. But I worked really hard not to talk about it because no one gives a fuck about nightshades. (laughs) Yeah. No, literally. And and, like tomatoes, peppers, peppers, other things. I don't know. There's sneaky acidity that can show up in your diet. And if you have a delicate system, (laughs) sometimes they're not your friend. I don't know what Tom Brady's thing is. My acupuncturist was, again, more things that not everyone believes in. I love acupuncture. But my acupuncturist, which if you're in LA. Mine was like, that's not a thing. I'm in Mine, LA, tell me. Her name is Portia, Deeper at G- Deeper Genius Acupuncture. She is a black queer woman mm, who amazing. I fucking amazing. love. And Done. Uh, I was having like terrible, I had my doctor was like, you have an autoimmune disease. And I was like, mm. okay, what do we do about this? And they were like, well, we can't figure out which autoimmune. They're like, nothing. What? You're just going to yeah, suffer. Yeah. <laughs> Fully. They were like, we can't figure doctors. out which one. Yeah. I can give you a prescription for this medicine that could make you go blind. You want? <laughs> and I was like, 
No, like she literally, she was like, you're going to have to go get your eyes checked before we put you on it and then get them checked every six months to make sure that you're not going blind. And I was like, oh my God, feel like a solution. And I'm just in pain all the time. So now I'm in pain and running into doors. So like that. (laughs) And so, you know, got, it was like, I, we got to find a solution. That's not this. I like did the whole second opinion thing. And they, again, were like, I don't know what to tell you. I guess you just have a high autoimmune factor for fun. Side note, women as again, uh, the super fun, especially black women, black femmes tend to have a higher autoimmune factor because it is also related to stress. Ramp that right on up. Mm -hmm. And epigenetic stress and trauma too can increase your... Which I had to discover on Reddit, not from my doctor. Honestly, Reddit is the front page of my internet. It is my favorite website. I love Reddit. And I've loved Reddit for the past five years. Curing diseases and tanking the stock market. I support it. Um, We love a a multi-hyphenate website. Truly, (laughs) truly. And when I was still in LA, I was also doing birth work. So I was a birth and postpartum doula and reached out to some of my like doula friends who I knew are into holistic medicine. I was like, does anyone know something that will fix me and make me feel better? And they recommended this acupuncturist to me. I cannot say good, more good things about Portia. She's just amazing. Low key, like was my therapist a little bit. And I would just be like, hi, like grad school is really stressful. Like I would just like word vomit and she'd be like, okay, we're going to put pins in here, here, and here. And then I just, an hour later felt better. (laughs) I was like, I don't know. She is definitely a witch. I was like, I don't know what witchcraft you're doing while I'm on the table, but like, keep it coming. (laughs) And she takes insurance, which like, that's another witchcraft I understand. Apparently this turned into the Porsche podcast, but (laughs) I get bringing it back to like, there is this false belief that if it isn't quote unquote mainstream, then there must be something wrong with it, something questionable, mm-hmm. something not quite right. And I had never done acupuncture or cupping before in my life. And quite honestly, was a little like skeptical of like, but does this work? Until I had kind of no choice, but to figure out an alternative to what I was told would work, was supposed to be the thing that worked. I did not take the medicine that might make you go blind. Right, like how was this a solution? This can't yeah. be the solution, everyone. Crazy. And I, kind of bringing it back to what I was talking about earlier of we, I think we have to relieve some of this pressure of, if I'm going to do something, it has to be the right something and I have to do it in the right way. And like, like with my magic practice where I was like, I have to, I have to figure these things out and it's like, oh, or I could just find what speaks to me and what heals me, what makes me feel better, what supports me and just go with that. Like just, just lean do it. into that. Right. Like I can I explain anything about acupuncture to you? Absolutely not. But can I say that I felt significantly better and later found out that we were mitigating some underlying issues that I didn't know I had? Absolutely I can. Mm-hmm. So like it works. I don't know. I can't don't make don't make well, me explain this. <laughs> I couldn't describe how like my when I was on an anti-seizure medication, I don't really know like the chemical processes of like how the anti-seizure medication worked. <laughs> and like, that doesn't mean that it doesn't work. 
you know, God like <laughs> my psychiatrist, I, I really like the psychiatrist I have. She is all about it being this like conversation and figuring out your care and like mm-hmm. everything, which I love, but she tries her hardest to explain to me how my meds work. And <laughs> oh. I take, like, I take an antidepressant and I take, we're transitioning meds right now for my ADHD and figuring out what's going to be the one, but she'll, this is, and the, the ADHD part has been like a year long process to figuring out what's going to oh be my the God, best solution I for me. Oh, we absolutely can. Because again, (laughs) Reddit has actually provided a lot of information. I feel like Reddit and TikTok are doing the Lord's work. TikTok, oh my God. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. It's amazing. It was through, it wasn't TikTok because I got diagnosed before TikTok, but it was through the internet that I figured out I had ADHD and had had it my entire life. Wow. (laughs) It is shocking, underdiagnosed in women, even more underdiagnosed in like femmes of color. And And, super high performing people too. You just like. Yes. And I had. I have always had a ton of anxiety and that meant that I had to do well all the time. So like when I told my mom, she was like, yeah, you were just always fine. So I didn't think it mattered. <laughs> it was like, I wasn't fine, ma'am. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my parents too. My brother, my middle brother was like the problem child. And it was like, well, so you're fine. And I was like, I'm not fine. She's not fine. She's fine now. But anyways, my psychiatrist will try to explain to me like how my meds work. And she'll be like, okay, we're going to try this thing because it goes to this part of the brain, which affects this thing and does da, 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 da. And I can just feel my eyes glaze over. And I always tell her, I go, Alex, I really appreciate you like walking me through this. I still don't know what you told me. And I would prefer it if you didn't repeat it. Like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. So now she just kind of goes, we're going to try this one because it's going to help you with this part of your life. And I'm like, Mm. great, that I I can get that in. And I understand it. And and all of that to say, I take my fucking meds every day religiously because they help. And yeah. they, they make me better. They make me happy. They make me function, like all the things. And so just because I don't understand it doesn't mean that I'm going to stop taking them. Mm-hmm. Like I have not taken my meds and it's been very rough and mm-hmm. I don't want to do it <laughs> and I don't mm-hmm. have to do it. And so while I don't fully understand acupuncture, it worked. I don't fully understand all of these different mystical practices, but I know what information I'm getting and that information is working. Mm -hmm. And I am just going to keep trusting that and believing that until it doesn't work. And then we try something different. Like I... I really wanted to get into pendulums. Like I really, really wanted to get into pendulums. And I was like, they're so cool and they can do yes or no questions. And like, they're great for like a quick check-in. And yeah. Oh, yeah. I, we, I made one out of floss because I yeah. love it so much. <laughs> like, like I got this like beautiful turquoise. Like, yeah, beautiful. I was, like, I really, I was like, I want to just be a pendulum gal. <laughs> And every fucking time I try to work with a pendulum, I end up more confused than when I started. And it's because there's too much information going on inside for me to be able to, I don't know if it's for me to be able to trust what I think the pendulum is saying for me to be able to clearly communicate. Like it's just, it's not. Your pendulum's like, I'm alive, but I'm dead. Yeah. Oh, my pendulum's (laughs) like, hey, I'm here. Yes, I'll answer your questions. Like, what's up? And then 
you have to decide which answer you want to receive. Like it's like, yes, but not in that way. But yes, if you do this, but not probably if you try tomorrow. So the answer is yes, but no. And then it's like, what are you asking me, pendulum? What are you asking me? Yeah, yeah. The pendulum is then just like just spinning because it doesn't know what I want. Because your mind, like like, pendulums, are so affected by like just the energy that we're giving, and and, like there's chaotic. Mm. This is look. I say it all the time. I used to be chaotic evil, and I have transitioned (laughs) into chaotic neutral, and on a good day, chaotic good. Like Mm. we all have a past, and. The pendulum can feel that chaotic energy and it's just like, girl, I don't know what you want. I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know what answer to get. What answer will make you put me down? Right. Like it's basically what it says. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say. You're in danger. I don't right. know. Like, I don't, I don't know. And it's just, I have to accept that like, we're just not a pendulum person. And that's, right we now. tried and that's we gave, okay. right. And it's, and it's totally not right now. Maybe at some point we will be, who knows, but like, if you keep trying to do this, you're going to break that pendulum. Oh, I, it's going to get thrown. And then, <laughs> that can't be good karma. Like who knows what I'll unleash. Like, yeah. Like just for everyone's best interest, like that's not our magic and that's okay. I think also just like being a practitioner who gets read by others, who watches other practitioners. It's like, oh, like they do that. I want to do this. Like Mm -hmm. I saw this person do this thing. Like I should try to figure that out. Like to be a real practitioner, like that has to be the way that I do it. And that's a scam. (laughs) That's a lie of capitalism. That's a lie of like these, these big clunky systems that convince us that the only way that you have value is to constantly be outdoing someone or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, again, like going back to like my archetype being the outlaw, it's like my uniqueness is always going to be the thing that serves me. Mm -hmm. Like my niche, like my, like specific, my Aquarius rising specific interests are always going to be the thing that serve my highest good because that's the path I'm on, baby. Like (laughs) that's all I got. (laughs) Yeah. And that's also, that reminds me of like accumulation is so capital is so much what we learn in capitalism, right? Of like, I I just need all the things. Yes. I need to get all the certifications. I have to like have all the letters behind my name or use all the tools all in one sitting. And like more is not always more better is more. And so like what works best for you in this moment, what is better for not even best, what is better for you in this moment? Yeah. And like being able to change your mind about that. Like I, in true Pisces season, am like jonesing for a, a training, a class, a something like very much just like, oh, but I need to learn about this dreamy, like mystical thing. And every single time I see something come up, I'm like, oh, is this the one? Is this the one? Is this the one? And I finally had to stop myself and be like, none of them are going to be the one with this energy. <laughs> none of them are going to be the one because you're either going to try to take all of them and not actually learn a single thing and spend way too much money, mm-hmm. or you're just going to become system overwhelmed and not do anything about it because welcome to an avoidant attachment style. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so <laughs> like just whatever this that you're bringing into this is not going to be it. So why don't you maybe just keep in the back of your mind that you would like to learn something fun this month. And then when something sounds fun, do that thing. Wow. So as a Pisces, I feel a bit dragged right now because you did just describe my internal monologue all the time of like, Mm -hmm. 
I should take that class. I should also take that class. Maybe I should go to get my PhD in mythology. Literally conversations that I'm having all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's what we love about Pisces is they bring us so many options and they bring us choice. And like Pisces season also brings us this like desire and this need to not even level up, just explore new and explore like what ifs. Mm-hmm. And then if you just keep going into it though, <laughs> And and every sign you will drown. You will you will drown. (laughs) Like I always have to remind myself that fire burns. Like (laughs) it keeps you warm, and it will burn if you don't (laughs) rein it in. Like (laughs) like I have to remind myself my fire can can turn into a wildfire, and that's not good. And so Mm -hmm. I have to I have to rein it in. And and Pisces, they bring us all these beautiful gifts. And if you go too deep with anything, you'll drown. Like, mm-hmm. and if you have children, yeah, I- they might kill you. They, yeah. never forget. Children don't, to kill. Don't Everything's forget. got a dark side. Everything does. Yeah. Everything does. It's all duality, my friends. Yeah. Shadow. <laughs> I would love to know just on the topic of like you going after things versus things kind of finding you. I would love to know a little bit more about your, how tarot or Reiki or even like your Akashic readings, how you came, how those things came to find you. Totally. Almost all by accident. So Akashic records, the Akashic readings, those were, that was my very first foray into magic and mysticism, which in hindsight wow. is wild. You went deep. Yeah, You're like, did. let me go Wait, with that's... the most culty of all things. I did. That's so <laughs> Aquarius rising. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, let's do this. I had been out of treatment. I was in treatment for an eating disorder at one point and had been out of treatment for a little bit and was still like going to therapy and everything, but feeling kind of stuck in my, in my growth and my progress and my healing and was like, okay, like we spent all this time identifying all my trauma and, and now I'm just figuring out how to cope with it. But also like, I just feel like I'm just sitting here holding a lot of trauma. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, so now what? And a friend recommended a a Akashic reader who also does, she does cranial sacral. Wow. When I say I went in deep, like, uh, (laughs) Her name's Kat Barker. She's in LA in the Silver Lake area. I love Kat. We're like still friends like to this day. But my friend was like, look, I was feeling similarly. I went and saw this person and it just really helped me like figure out the next, just take the next step. And I was like, cool, great. I will give you all my money. I will give you whatever you want. Just fix this. And so I went over to like her cute, she has like this gorgeous little apartment in Silver Lake right off the reservoir. And it's all covered in plants and like like such a such a dreamy. witch lives there like mm-hmm. it's so dreamy and we she the way she works usually is she'll do your records and then she'll get you on her table and do some energy work so it's basically like let's figure out what wants to come up and then we're going to go process it on the table which i loved mm-hmm. and she opened my records and the first thing she said was this has never happened before <laughs> i was like 
Uh-oh. I just got I'm chills. Like, you're like, yeah. I, no, I was still very insecure. So I was like, did I break oh. it? Am I broken? Or is there nothing? Um, <laughs> the is, broken. is the history of my soul terrible? You're right. I'm terrible. Like, <laughs> she was like, she was like, no, normally, and, and Michelle, you probably have experienced this. Normally when it comes through, it's just sort of like the collective voice of your guides comes through and you say what they say and whatever. But for me, my grandma immediately came through and she was the only one. And she like had this like beautiful, loving message for me. And like, I, when I say I cried, like I like have not cried that hard. I don't know ever. Like it was like, you know, like those juicy. Like a release. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm just like, okay. And then Kat has to like get me onto her table. I'm just like a puddle. And she did some cranial sacral on me. And like, I don't even know how to describe what the experience felt like other than I know when I left, I could feel like physically feel a like click had happened. Like Mm. something had like locked in and I was like, Oh, what is, what, what are this? (laughs) And so saw Kat a few more times. We ended up becoming friends and I did a whole like training with her on cranial sacral and Akashic readings and like blending the two. And like, it was this like. Cranial sacral is no joke. Cranial sacral. What is that? I don't know what intense. So it is a, it is a form of physical energy healing. And literally all a person is doing is putting one hand on the back of your head, like sort of at the base of your neck. And then one hand, like in the small of your back. And somehow I wish I could explain more of how it works. It's like, there's something about aligning this like head and, and sacral space. Like if you're like into chakras, so it's like, this is your security space. This is your vulnerability space of just connecting those two in a way that like, whatever's going to come up is going to come up. And it's like, we're going to physically process and move this energy out. And like, and I've seen other practitioners do this too. Like, we'll sort of talk to you as it's going of like, what, what are you feeling? What's coming up? Who are you? Cause sometimes Mm -hmm. like, like for me, my, my child self would come up a lot because the inner child work. Right. And so like, I like fully was just like, and I'm five and, and I don't want you to leave me. Like I could like feel Mm -hmm. like my voice. Like afterwards I was like, Kat, did you experience the same thing I experienced? Like, was that like a dream? Was that weird for you? And she's like, I've seen it all. No. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that's comforting. But it's, I, if you've ever had Reiki, I think of it as like a, a deeper soul level of that. If you haven't had Reiki, Reiki is another energy healing modality and it's all about serving your highest good. So sometimes that's emotional healing. Sometimes that's physical healing that can show up and it tends to just feel like a warm, calming sensation in your body and something will move along. Cranial sacral is kind of like a less problematic version of Reiki because Reiki is like appropriative and in a lot of ways, like it's really beautiful practice if it's your practice, but like maybe if you're a white practitioner, it might be like interesting. Cranial sacrals are great. It's a great alternative to that and can do some beautiful healing. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. d- d- considering where it's placed, like it it messes with like the kundalini energy. Yes. Like is where all of that mm-hmm. sort of yes. awareness is. Yeah. All the same. It's like yeah. all these things are somewhat similar. Same thing with like the Akashic records. Like, yeah, you know, 
Like it, mm. it, they're all different paths to similar things. Again, figuring out what works for you. Mm. I learned cranial sacral and then I learned Reiki and I found that I preferred Reiki because it was easier for me to have a boundary. Cause that's mm. the other thing with cranial sacral is mm. if you don't have good emotional and energetic boundaries, you are experiencing what that person is experiencing on the table. Mm. And sometimes that's that face. Sometimes that is like some yeah. fucked shit yeah. like that yeah. this person's been carrying around. And so I was like, cranial sacral was really hard for me mm. because it was very easy to find similar <sighs> issues and then just watch the two of us play them out. Mm. Let's talk about some exes. That's going to be another podcast. I feel as if very strongly, we need to have a spiritual breakup podcast where we talk about breakups and how they like, and the spiritual elements of them. Cord cutting. Let's get into it. Okay. Yes. On the calendar. If you you just cut the cord, it doesn't work. And if you want to cut the the cord, but you don't actually want to cut the cord, then it also doesn't work. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't make the rules. They feel it. Or they they get secret married and move to Bermuda. That's another story. Okay. Wow. Wow. I don't want that to happen. Oh my God. That spoiler. That was amazing. Okay. I can't wait to record this podcast. podcast. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Stay tuned for the next one. But uh, Wallace, in answer to your question, I first found Akashic Records and just immediately fell in love with like the possibility and the ease. Like there's the training and Michelle, I'm sure you can talk to this. The training of Akashic records reading isn't about how do I read or like, how do I do the thing? It's like, how do I do this respectfully? How do I do this consciously? How do I learn how to share and what not to share? And like, what Mm. does that feel like in my own body as I'm reading? Like, like you're, Mm. you're, you have to learn and grow the skill of like, how to do it ethically and like in a in a helpful way because yeah. you're just getting so much information and you've got to learn how to put that filter in and like whatever and also be honest like how can i be honest and deliver my job is hurtful. to deliver this information right mm-hmm. and yeah uh, as truthfully as I can without like absolutely ravaging someone because yeah. the Akashic records are like not subtle they're like, they are not subtle and they don't care about your feelings. They don't have feelings because they're like, you're a human. Like, get over we it. We can't relate. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, we don't understand. I don't know Love why you're sad about to this. suck is kind of yeah, what they're like. Honestly, like, honestly. Like, we don't care. <laughs> so fell in love with them, learned that, learned cranial sacral, realized that it was not for me just through trying to do it. I was like, I love having this happen to me. I don't like doing this. Mm-hmm. And so similar to what we said, it's like Reiki. So then I went and did a Reiki. I did level one and two. And I used Reiki most often in my birth work. So working with mm-hmm. expecting or new parents That's because awesome. birth in America is traumatic often. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. I spe- and I predominantly worked with Black femmes, predominantly worked with low income mm-hmm. folks. So there's all kinds of levels of pain and hurt that's there. So I used it a lot in that space of just helping these new Mm. parents or soon to be parents kind of come back to their body in a safe place in a safe way. Is that related to womb healing? Cause I feel like I don't know a lot about womb healing, but it's been coming up a lot more recently, especially in the North, in our community in the North node. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, we don't realize how much trauma lives in our womb Mm -hmm. like it Mm -hmm. and it's and it's not just because 
of the types of trauma that people experience, people who have wombs experience. It is also just because it's a space that's meant to hold. It's a space that's mm -hmm. meant to be gentle, to hold something that's fragile. And so pain is fragile. Trauma is fragile. And the womb's like, hey, I know how to hold that. Come on over. Mm -hmm. Sure. And it manifests in different ways. Like I have, I deal with fibroids and I always talk about fibroids are unprocessed trauma that my body has just like gripped onto. And so as much as I have this like physical practice that, that my doctor has me where I love my current doctor, she's like this badass black woman and like does a lot of like holistic healing along with like Western medicine. But anyways, she's in Austin, but her name is Dr. Clark Brown. Damn it. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. I ran out of <laughs> LA Rex. <laughs> But, you know, as much as oh, I have, survived. Yeah. I, oh yeah, I have this like, you know, physical work that I'm doing to physically help heal my body. I also have become very aware of when I'm holding on to emotions and realizing where I feel that pain in my body. And it's happens to be where I have a large fibroid and recognizing that like mm -hmm. when I have these, I lately I cry at everything mm -hmm. like Commercial Celine Dion cover on TikTok yesterday. Yeah. Okay. That feels I mean, right. Celine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also yeah. Celine. I know. I, I cried on the Indeed commercial for the Super Bowl. <laughs> Legitimately. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There was this like Australian zombie movie that came out, uh, like sort of tech zombie in the sense that there were zombies, but like not a zombie movie. I should be clear. And I cried at the end of it, like bald. <laughs> Yeah. Because I was just so moved by the emotional relationship going on on screen. Anyways, but I feel when I have those big cries, I can physically feel part of like my uterus, like unclenching mm. and just Ooh. like a little bit of release happening. Wow. And, and that only, I think that that speaks to like that mind body connection and something yeah. like cranial sacral can really tap totally. into that. Reiki taps into it, but less intentionally, I think is maybe the biggest difference. Mm -hmm. Like if that's the piece of you that needs to heal and is ready to heal, Reiki will support that. If you're not ready for that though, then Reiki is like, cool, we're going to work on something else. Like mm -hmm. I'm just here to be of service. Reiki is like, I'm just here to help. Path of least resistance is with, with Reiki. Yes. It feels like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great word. Or um, Phoebe Bridgers. She also helps. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to cry? Like yeah. that cry right now, or should we wait till we get off of this off the call? I have officially like accepted that like I am no longer like a youth. Like you like you know like yeah. <laughs> like yeah, would not be described as a youth. A, yeah. I can't figure yeah. out TikTok other than when people send me TikToks <laughs> I need to read. But B, I just keep referring to it as you know that driver's license song. I just <laughs> like. Yeah. First of all, it's literally called driver's license. <laughs> it is. I mean, at least you got the name. Yeah. I, I just get the title. Like, you know, it's just, it's really like, it's so sweet and so sad. And oh, yeah. Wait, like, is that that song, I Drive Past Your House? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Have you tried oh, singing that song? It's impossible no. to sing if you don't have a good voice. It's no. horrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get out. <laughs> it's so high. I yeah. like, I want to sing it because I want to cry. That and yeah. the new yeah. Taylor Swift album. Right. I've never liked Taylor Swift in like 15 years. 
all of a sudden oh. I'm a Taylor Swift fan. Wow. This is like fascinating. She has a bit of a new so- sound happening. I've, I've kind of been digging her. Yeah, is yeah. it new or just new for her? It's new, new for, for her. her. No, new it's new for her. her. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm new at all. But I, for her, it's like, I was like, I didn't know it was Taylor Swift at first. So it was, yeah. I'm not a fan of Taylor Swift if we can't tell. Me neither. I just can't back her. I, I have, I listen, I haven't been traditionally either. I'm a Katy Perry fan. Like, we're big Katy Perry. I love Katy Perry. I yes. love her. Yes. I mean, she's definitely like, well, you know, she's like jumped the shark in the last yes. couple of years yes. for sure. But I was just like, but oh, teenage I'm teen. dream will always be a bop. Like, uh-huh. I mean, like I credit that album. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Oh like my God. I've seen yeah. her in concert like five times. Not I've gone by myself to that's a Katy Perry concert. Like that's how much I like her. I am on track for doing that with Lizzo. I oh have my God. But that's now. cool. That's yes. cool. Lizzo, I can I, get behind. I saw her for the first time at the Fonda. So small little space. Whoa. Like, like before unreal. she was famous. She was wow. opening for Big Frida. Wow. Uh, so I also got to see Big Frida, which was awesome. Wow. Wait, That's wait, wait, way to flex on us. Right. <laughs> um, you were there then, from the start. Right. We get it. <laughs> Some would say. And then my friend was going through a really bad breakup, and Lizzo was opening for Heim in Vegas. So we went to Vegas for 24 hours, stayed off the strip Ooh, and went and saw Lizzo and Haim play in like a casino. <laughs> wow. That's an epic <laughs> Vegas trip. Yeah. yeah I was like, good... honestly, this is the version of Vegas I prefer. <laughs> yeah. That's the only version of I Vegas I know. I've been only I been mean, to Vegas once as an adult and I went uh, to go see a podcast recording. So I you know what? That. that was the best decision you could have made. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. There's no need to. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anything. Highly sensitive people can't go to Vegas. It's so loud. It's, it's so I, bright. Just, energy, it's so much. And the moment that I like, I'm there. I have friends who always try to invite me to Vegas. I turn it down every time. Unless there's like a really big birthday and I'm just like, okay, I'll be there for a couple of days. But right. the moment I step into Vegas, there's always this very apparent energy of desperation. Yes. That is, like, I, I can't like get away from. Yeah. As I'm driving the in, there's like, like yeah. I go through like a warp or something. And it's yes. just like, you've entered a new world, like a whole yes. new world. Yeah. I feel this way. And this is going to be a controversial statement. I feel this way about New York. I, I was going to say, some people, I was going to say, I feel that, that is sometimes same how New York with, feels when you land at the airport yeah. in New York. Some people love New York and can do it and more power to you. I lived in New York for a summer and I was like, never again. Like oh. I was just too overwhelmed all the time. It's loud. It's busy. Everyone is close to you. And <laughs> I was just like, I can't. There's like so I had to energy. keep, oh my God, I'm such a sad girl. I would keep my headphones in and I would blast. Ion Square by it's like a similar vibe of TV on the radio Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just all day every day on the on the fucking subway playing that song on repeat because I was too sad and just not even sad I block party it's my block party I was just too overwhelmed by everything and so I would just (laughs) on the subway to and from work (laughs) Yeah. yeah But it's Janelle and I both place. live there. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's also not it, an easy place. Like everything, it's not an easy place, yeah. everything is hard in New York. 
I lived there for eight years and I loved it. And I was like, I'm never leaving New York. I feel alive here. Everyone else who doesn't live in New York fucking sucks. And like, I really, Such a New Yorker. yeah, I like <laughs> yeah, really, right? exactly. people still think I'm a New Yorker. I think cause I kind of still have that energy for better or worse, but like, then the moment that I decided I did not want to live in New York anywhere, I was like, I need to get out of here or else I truly will die. I will just yeah. like die. And now I'm like, oh no, life is easier in LA. I am kind of like a little bitch these days, but also I don't care. Like, I don't care I that care. I want my life to be easier. There's like, it's not a contest Why? of like how hard you okay. can be, you the know? The scam of capitalism is we've convinced ourselves yeah. that things have to be hard in yeah, order to hard. be good. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. And, they, and they don't. Yeah. Ease Bullshit. is so delightful. It is. And like, yeah. like we see this all the time in relationships of if we're not fighting for this relationship, then it's a bad one. And it's right. like, no, right. if you're fighting for this relationship, you need to let it go. <laughs> like, yeah. Turns out Oof, easy is truth. good. And like, yeah. like I like with jobs, with all kinds of stuff of like, we have this false belief that strife makes you better. And yeah. it all it does is make you sad. <laughs> like, and it tired. just like yeah, it just whittles you down Exhausting. over time. Like yeah. strife isn't fun. Mm-mm. Like and even I for a long time I thought that that was a false belief of people who had never gone through anything before, and it's like oh, like you're just looking for something to make you interesting, mm-hmm. and then realized. <laughs> yeah that as my therapist once told me, I'm addicted to chaos. And it's because I've gotten, Mm. we've talked about this. I've gotten used to things being hard. So I just assume if it's not hard, then it must not be worth it fully. And then once that happened, I was like, are you saying I'm part of the problem? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jennifer, I don't love this. (laughs) Jennifer is in LA. She's great. I did try for a therapist for this. (laughs) But mm-hmm. I, and then once that started to click, I mean, I want to be very clear. This is still something that I have to work on regularly and often. And it's not like I, I want to, I did not figure it out and did not magically say, oh, and now I don't care about chaos. I just watch a lot of Real Housewives <laughs> to get a fix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to get it out somewhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's funny. He's not a reality TV show person at all. And he's like, you watch so much reality TV. Like, how do you do it? And like, I only want trashy TV. Like I watch The Bachelor and Real housewives messy lives only only like when i need to feel grounded i watch teen mom like, oh my God. Favorite. i love it i love it I think mom kept me from being a teen mom i'm convinced That's oh, 100%. i honestly think they did great work it should um, be on pbs like it is it is like yes. a public service but i was like it's because there's no chaos in my like there's no apparent chaos chaotic things happen but i'm not living in chaos anymore mm-hmm. And my system still needs a fix. So I can safely get it through TV instead of creating problems in my life for the sake of having That's problems. That's a great way to cope. That's yes. a great way to cope because yes. like, it's totally true. Human brains are wired and built to solve problems. So we make problems for ourselves if we aren't solving problems. Yes. Which is like, like, it's why I love pop culture. Like, especially as an Aquarius mm-hmm. rising, give me a good conspiracy theory to just oh, like sink oh my, my teeth into for a couple hours. Yeah. But like, whatever, it's like, I can, I can safely give myself the same high. Cause it's a high mm-hmm. of like figuring out a problem or just learning about mess and being able to put it all together into like a succinct little, like Charlie day, red string, like <laughs> board. <laughs> 
and like Ted just Cruz Zodiac killer, killer here we go uh, <laughs> and like there's it's deeply satisfying but it has no impact on my life mm-hmm. like I still keep my lights on I still go to work I still can be a good partner like I can show up in the ways that I need to show up because I'm not busying myself with creating issues mm-hmm. like I I remember once when my now husband and I were still dating and we had only been dating for a little bit, which was very scary because it was like, this has been like the only healthy relationship. <laughs> like, and that's like, you know, we the should one. get married. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's like, we got to lock this down. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was early on still in my old ways, old patterns. And we got in a huge fight because I was convinced that because he decided he wanted to, this is going to make no fucking sense. He, we were at a family event. We were at a wedding. We were at some of one of his cousin's weddings. I love arguing with a significant other at a wedding. Nothing brings up a fight like a wedding. Yeah. So much already. And we were, he was like, okay, like we should head out. The wedding was like an hour away from LA because he's from Orange County. So like, he was like, you know, we should head back. And because he decided that we should leave without like consulting me, like it was something that needed to be consulted. Like, it wasn't like he was like, we have to go get in the car. Like he was like, I think we should probably head back. And I was like, okay, yeah. And somehow between walking from the table to getting to the car had decided that that was him showing me that he wanted to leave our relationship. Yeah, that's. That's logical. Honestly, like, I could follow that train of thought. Yeah, like, I, 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 totally. I was going there. My mind yes. Was going yes. There. I was like, well, you decided you didn't want to be at this party anymore right. without talking to me. So one day you're going to decide you don't want to be in this relationship anymore without talking to me. So you might as well just say it right now. Like, like you can feel your voice just ratcheting up. And like, in hindsight, I'm like, oh my God, you were unhinged. And you're lucky that this person was willing to like sort this out with you because I would not have blamed him for being like, you know what? You're fucking right. Like I'm going to drop you off when this is done. And like, but we fully got in a fight about it because he's trying so hard to get my unhealthy attachment style to hear that this is a healthy attachment and he's a cancer and like, God bless him. Oh, baby. <laughs> he's just like this sweet, kind man. And we both have a Venus and Leo. So so like it works out really well, mm-hmm. but he's trying so hard to convince me that like he's in it for the long haul and wants to be with me. And I'm trying so hard to convince him that he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that despite how much I want to be with him, I know he doesn't want to be with me mm-hmm. and that he should just stop lying to me and tell me the truth right now. And again, in hindsight, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Oh, so cringy. But in the moment, like it feels so real and it feels so big. Mm-hmm. And it's because I am used to big chaotic love mm-hmm. of like, I love you. I mm-hmm. unhealthy love. Like I love you. I have to be with you. I have to have you around me all the time. And it's, and I'm going to start getting angry at you when you don't have time for me, or mm-hmm. I love you. And I have no way of communicating that. So I'm just going to be really cold with you and make you ga- gaslight you and make you think that you've done something wrong. And this goes beyond like romantic relationships, like having like shitty relationships with family. Like, you know, this never starts at a late age. It always starts at an early age. It's Mm -hmm. just playing out in different ways. 
and realizing like, oh, you've gotten so used to these chaotic, wild ass relationships that you think that's what a relationship is and should be. And if it's not that, then that means someone's lying to you and keeping a secret from you. And because you're now trying to create chaos in your brain, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you're like trying to fit it into the mold of what you know. Yes. It's like, well, if I don't know what's wrong with them yet, it's always a yet. It's like, mm-hmm. they're lying to me and they're hiding it. And the longer it takes for me to figure it out, the worse it's going to be. So I got it. like, we are fucking pathological at times. <laughs> we yes. are, but like women, just I, people, no. people, not women. Have you met a Pisces man? Don't it's do not it. Just- <laughs> As a Pisces, I would yeah. say just don't avoid, abstain. Like, um, it's not- sorry to any Pisces. Men I don't know any, but yeah. you need a lot of therapy. I'm going to tell you now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, I could talk about this forever, but I, I think I said this on the podcast before my therapist always says what's hysterical is historical. So like you are a logical, rational, intelligent person who's mo- moderately well adjusted in this world. And if you have a hysterical reaction to something and you almost, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but like you almost like have an out of body experience where you're like, why the fuck am I saying this? <laughs> like, yeah. why am I doing this right now? But I can't stop it. It just keeps coming out of my mouth. Why am I doing I this? I <laughs> have the opposite outer body experience where I'm like the, the Kermit memes that were like me to me, where <laughs> some part of me leaves my body is watching the situation and is like, this is how you should handle this. <laughs> she never gives me helpful information. Never. She's never. the one who thought it was a good idea to throw a glass. Like yes. she's the one who's like, you should keep yelling about this thing that you clearly don't even care about right. anymore. Like, right. like she, and so I, I learned this and I said the other day talking to a friend, I was like, you know, I'm really proud of myself. Like, yeah, I'm, I've had a lot of personal growth and they're like, yeah, like what, like you seem like you're doing great. Like, what do you, what like made you have this moment? And I was like, Michael and I were like going back and forth about something dumb. Like it really was like a TV show or something. And I decided that instead of just ignoring him and telling him that he was wrong, that I would just say, you know what? We don't need to keep arguing about this. <laughs> and that is gross. <laughs> that is gross. Because she was still out here like, you should just end, because my con, Mars and Taurus, my conflict style is the moment that I have decided that I'm done with this, I'm fucking done with this. Mm. And it's going to be mean and loud and... <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will end you. Yes. And I will burn down this house if I need to. I to end this with myself to get out of I don't this care. conversation. Whatever yeah. it takes, it's done. It's out. Like I am, I'm pulling the pin on the grenade. <laughs> and and growth is learning. Maybe just leave, like not even putting the grenade down. Growth is learning. Maybe just leave the pin in. Just leave it. <laughs> Don't pull it. Like maybe just don't pull it. Like one day we'll learn how to not pick up the grenade. But right now growth is just looking like maybe just leave the pen in because has it ever solved anything? No, but it no. felt really good <laughs> until I've had in to, the moment, in the moment, two seconds. And yeah. then you uh, feel like the worst. And, and do you know how hard it is for me to apologize? As a Leo? <laughs> yeah. Like, with this what? queen energy, queens don't apologize. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Doesn't feel right. Me? No, it could Who? You want me to apologize? That doesn't. It's that's an automatic no. Know. It's an automatic no. It's yeah. just going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. See? <laughs> she did it. 
Wow. Well, I'm triggered. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't leave this episode being I was gonna a say. little bit <laughs> confronted with yourself. Right. We really yes. didn't sugarcoat anything. No. Anything in this episode. So do that with that what you will, my friends. Take Maybe. what you like and leave the rest. Exactly. I can't make you. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. I've been You're... trying to think of episode titles all while we've been also talking. And I'm like, I don't even know, guys. Okay. I don't know where we're going to go. We were going to talk about tarot. And now we've been recording for two hours. And I'm like, we can't keep going. Because like every, this is the middle of a work day. Like I'm so sure Serena has things I, to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I had fun. Like I felt like I had, you know, time. I had a plan. Oh, we went yeah. on a different pathway and I'm glad we did. We talked about yeah. tarot. It was in there. We talked about it. Was it was in there. Yeah. 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 I mean, everything is tarot. How about we leave it with that? There we go. <laughs> you can use the tarot for anything. <laughs> there perfect. Way to wrap Love it up. It. That's that brings a full circle. Here for you. <laughs> button on the end of it. Yeah. To be honest, I really am triggered. Like I'm not to have a moment after this whole conversation. <laughs> oh. So much just came up that I'm just like flash, flash, flash. Name also, five things you can see in the room. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my God, please. Flowers. Yeah. Um, this was really informative though. I think like, maybe do I have ADHD? Like I'm thinking about a lot of things throughout this. Get on TikTok. They'll <laughs> yeah. tell you. TikTok, don't go to a doctor. Yeah. TikTok will tell you. I'm like, yeah. should I do Ancestry.com? Because right. I did 23 and me and it didn't tell same, me anything same. about my like right. Past. So I, I was know. disappointed. Yeah. I'm here for recommendations. You're talking to someone who reads a lot of product reviews. Cosbits where we yeah. review oh my a lot God, of yes. and products, but like in a very honest way. Oh, hell yeah. Unsponsored, I, unfiltered. <laughs> I almost exclusively read the negative product reviews <laughs> because Love I don't it. actually it, care that much about why tone. you like it. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It's like, I need to know what didn't work. And if your issue is my issue. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And like, Why? this is the type of person I am is like, usually I go into things 99% of the time thinking they're not going to work and thinking I'm going to hate them. So you need to, I like, I'm not starting at zero. I'm starting like below zero with most mm-hmm. products. And so if you can pull me above the zero line, then I will like begrudgingly yeah. give you that. But I will also talk about like why I really didn't want to like this thing because like, it sounds like absolute bullshit to me. Those are the reviews I need in my life. Yes. Well, this was so Very fun. Good. Thank you yeah. for sitting with us for so much longer than we I didn't realize calendar. it was two hours. This was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sarita Fonta. That's S-E-R-I-T-A-F-O-N-T-A. It's a lot of vowels. Or you can find me on my website, saritaf.com, S-E-R-I-T-A-F as in Frank, (laughs) dot com. There's info on there about me, how to get a hold of me. You can also DM me. And yeah, I am opening my books for clients once a month. So get in when you fit in and yeah. Perfect. And if you're in the North Node, you get access to Sarita. Yes. And North Node folks, I'm excited to see you. We're going to have, it's going to be a blast. I promise shadow work is fun. (laughs) It is fun. It's fun when you teach it. (laughs) (laughs) Cause she loves mess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's burn, let's light shit on fire. That sounds great. We're going to do that. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for spending the time with us and have a beautiful rest of your day. 
Of course. Thank you. This has been lovely. And thank you to all of you for being here. Thank you. This is fun. Thank you so much. Okay. And that is our episode. Thanks for tuning in. And I can't wait to hear what you have to think about everything that Sarita said, all, all the stuff from the tarot to craniosacral to Ted Cruz as a Zodiac killer. Like I know that we have some crossover audience of murderinos and 12th house listeners. So hit me up, shoot me a text at the number in <laughs> in the show notes, because I'd love to hear your thoughts and uh, feelings and perspectives on that. And what else have I got to tell you? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the 12th house. It means the world to us. It makes such a difference when you share our podcast with your friends and your family and the people that you love. You know, all of this the crazy and cool thing about podcasting is that it all comes from your community. Like you can try as much as you want to market yourself, but really the way that the message gets shared and that these valuable resources, like these nuggets and pearls of information get out to more people is when your audience takes it upon themselves to share what you've made. And that's really humbling and really inspiring to see that this content resonates with you and that you want to share it with other people. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing this with your friends, for shooting it as a text to a homie, to sharing it on your Instagram. It really means so much and it helps us do this thing every week. So thank you for that. If you want to rate, review, and subscribe, that also definitely helps us get found by more people. And I know subscribing is like not again, not the sexiest thing to do, but we do drop bonus episodes pretty regularly. So it's not just that we put out our podcast every Tuesday, we drop nuggets and gems. We try to, we try to surprise and delight. That's kind of our thing at Holisticism as often as possible. So make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss any of the really good podcast episodes that we end up dropping, not on Tuesdays. And I think that's it. Oh, we have so much good stuff happening in the cusp too. So if you're not part of the cusp already, dude, go join. It is so fun in there. We are talking about non-alcoholic beverages this month and where that industry is going. And spoiler alert, it is popping. It is popping off. Like if you are thinking of starting a business, I feel like that's the most recession-proof business you could possibly begin because not only is it really fun, but I think we're going to see a monumental change in this space as we come out of quarantine. I don't think that it's going to be the roaring 20s where everyone's getting plastered off champagne, Great Gatsby style. I think we're going to see people wanting to be in public but not drinking because a lot of people got sober during the quarantine. So anyways, there's a whole lot of information inside of this month's version of The Cusp. And there's a great discussion group happening. So you can pop in there, join The Cusp with the link in our bio. It's $5.99. It's um, amazing. You get discount codes to all the products that we promote. And if you share it with your friends, you get special deals and treats and all the fun things. So, okay. I think that's all the, the information that I have to share with you today. Thanks again for listening. I think that you're the best and I'll see you on the internet. Bye. Bye.